everyone, and now it's time once again to sit down, grab your favorite Whoopi and a bottle of whiskey, and enjoy the smooth, sweet sounds of the one and only incomprehensible J.P. Cervantes, his best buddies Mike and Nate, and whoever has stumbled into their casting room for this evening's episode of VTSR. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to back to Veterans Transition Support Recon Show, VTSR. This is JPN. We got right there, Mike, too. What's up, Mike? What's going on, guys? Missed you guys last couple weeks. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, we, we knew that, you know, you're doing contracts and stuff like that and, and the time difference. So when uh, when Carmen said 8 o'clock and we do 8, I'm like, man, that's going to be so perfect for Mike. Aww. He is going to love it. <laughs> But but I'm back on Central Time this time. So oh, okay, easy. okay. That's perfect. That's perfect. Hey, uh, so talking about that, guys. So I was doing a podcast yesterday with uh, the Veterans Project, and uh, I just realized something, right? And it's me making fun of myself, right? Uh, I have to say some words twice because the first time I said it, I pronounced it the wrong way. And then I said it again. So I caught myself doing that like 10 times during the podcast. And then I realized what it was. I mean, I know what it is. But for the people that ask all the time, JP, why you got to say things like three times? Uh, I'll tell you why. I got a lot of nerd damage in my face. <laughs> so I don't feel half of my face, half of my lips I don't feel. Inside my mouth, some of the gums I don't feel. So that's why the dental hygienists love me. They're like, dude, you don't feel shit. I'm like, ah, yeah, I know. However, some other areas are too sensitive. But some of the areas, you know, they just can't clean there. I don't feel crap. Uh, so... Yeah, when I try to pronounce words, I can't. So, and then I, however, I catch it, right? And I go like, uh, I just butchered that one. I'm like, let me try to say it slow. But I caught myself doing that. And it's funny because uh, uh, Tim, the, the guy running the podcast, he kept looking at me going like, why is this motherfucker <laughs> repeating the same word three times? And I'm like, I want to make sure people understand what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I thought you were just still working on your English. Well, well, no, that, that's the problem. My English is already bad as it is. And then on top of that, you add that my, you know, I can feel part of my lips. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, I, I, I think people know you're still trying to learn English. I am. <laughs> I am, bro. Like if I take, like I take Spanish tests, I'll, 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 I'll be a 3-3 three, three in Spanish. 3-3 three, three in Brazilian Portuguese. You give, give me an English te test, zero, zero. You mean my Arabic's better than your English? That is very, that is very true. Wow. <laughs> that is very true. That is very true. But you know what? It is what it is. I'm on this side of the wall already, so I'm good to go, brother. That, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Uh, anyways, uh, guys, uh, today we got, uh, oh, oh, and before we continue, I want to send a quick shout out, man. Uh, we got a, a listener, like one of the only three people that listen to our podcast, uh, one of them is Michael Brewer. He's actually an ambassador for Educated Beers. And um, he made a post on his, uh, on his uh, Instagram uh, talking about four of the most, you know, the podcasts that he listens to all the time. And we made the cut, guys. We, yeah. we, we are well, one of those Well, two out of podcasts. three have great beards. So, I mean... <laughs> We make the cut. That's all I'm saying. It's like, so I just want to send a shout out to Michael Brewer. And if you guys want to follow him, his Instagram is, uh, where is it at here? Uh, crap. OIF Brewer. That's how you can find him on Instagram. If you guys want to give him a, a follow. 
Uh, but yeah, man, uh, he sent us a big shout out. So I just wanted to make sure that he got a shout out on the podcast, right? Uh, and today, guys, we got an amazing guest. She is a great friend. And I'm going to read a little bit because I want to make sure I get this straight. She's a great friend. I know her for a long time. But this is Carmen Maldonado. She's a mother, military spouse, former real estate, uh, what is it? Loan, Loan officer. officer. Loan officer for a real estate company, and uh, and now hair care and skincare mentor. So uh, with with that said, Carmen, welcome to the show. Yay! You forgot. Okay, so a lot of people get real estate and mortgages confused. It's not the same thing. Real estate is where you go to find a house. Mortgages is when you get to get approved for to buy a house. Also, <laughs> so you I see, I did that on purpose. I know I, no, I did that on purpose. People don't. This is like everybody. When I say the same thing, they're like, oh, so you're a realtor. I'm not a realtor. <laughs> There's these Carmen, Carmen, I said that on purpose. Oh, I wanted God. to make sure that you educated our listeners oh, on what goodness. the difference was. It's a huge difference. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And so, I also Carmen, do some modeling, too. You forgot about that, too. Oh, the modeling part. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Look, look at Nate. That's, Nate. Very, like, that's very important. <laughs> Uh, very important to include the modeling. Us models, I, we don't I get do, enough recognition. Yeah, I do a lot of things in this world. <laughs> but but Nate, you know what the difference is? She was she actually she was actually a professional model. Like Instagram models don't count. I get paid for my modeling. Uh, unless you got a unless beer, you got a beer. a professional <laughs> modeling contract that don't count. All right. Uh, <laughs> my grandmother says that my OnlyFans modeling is fantastic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Carmen, uh, yeah. tell us a little bit about you. Where, where, where are you from? Where you grew up? All that good stuff. Well, I'm from the same place as you, Puerto Rico. Um, I grew up in a place. Uh, so I, I lived there for 19 years. Then I moved to the States when I was 19 years old. Um, I got married very young. That's when we got married, left to the States. That was always my dream. Since I was in high school, I knew that I was going to leave the island, get here, learn, and just go and live my life, right? But I, I thought I was going to do it by being single and not having kids and all that. Then I met my, my husband now, <laughs> and everything changed. And it be, I mean, we've been married 16 years now. I right? thought you were going to oh. forget. You're like, we've been married. Yeah, we've been married 16 years now. <laughs> Um, and we have been the same, the same time in the army life as well, because we got married and he left for basic like two weeks later. And so I, I was living in Puerto Rico then still, and then left back in May of 2006. And I've been in the States since then. So, so, so you met your husband in Puerto Rico, right? Yeah. In high school. In high school. And then you got married and mm -hmm. came to the States when he joined the army. Yes, exactly. And yeah. he ruined your dream that you had of having a good time single. Unfortunately, oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, so a, Carmen, he's a great guy. I mean, we've been, I mean, ups and downs, but it's been fine. It's been fine. But that's every marriage. Every marriage yeah. got ups and downs. If you don't have that, then are you really married? You know? Yeah, it's, uh, it becomes boring. So. Yeah, correct. Uh, so yeah, I actually, I actually know your husband. So I know, I know he, yeah. he's an okay dude. I'm going to say cool. because I don't want him to heal the podcast and go like, Oh my God, I'm cool. Do they know how we met? Who? You and I. No, these guys. Yeah. No, they don't know. Okay. So 
I, neither does the audience. We got stationed in North Carolina, right? And here I am, like, I'm 20, I don't know, I was, what, 20, 20? And I, <laughs> 20, 20? I think, 2021. And then I started working at this coffee shop where everybody was in Spanish. And here comes JP, you know, and his friends. They always go to the coffee shop because we were always Spanish. Yeah, exactly. We were Latina girls in there. And so he used to go there with his friends, um, of course, to just to eat a snack and have coffee. And he just always wanted me to make his coffee for some reason. And then um, we became friends because then he introduced me to uh, defense classes and shooting classes and all that. And I became very, very interested on it. And I took one of your classes, remember, in North Carolina. Um, that was super, super fun. But actually, I, I still talk about it to everybody, like all the Army wives that I talk to, when they ask me about it, I tell them about it. I tell them about my experience. I say, you need to get a gun. You need to go to the range. You need to practice. You need to be ready. <laughs> you need to go. Like, just get it done. And so that's how I JP, and I, I'm very grateful that I met you. So back that, back yep. then. Yep, and, and I'll tell you what, you make great coffee, so your husband is very oh, lucky. Yeah. You know, he didn't Look, used to bring coffee by, by then. He just started drinking coffee now. Really? Yeah, he was not a coffee drinker. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because he, he was survived. a weirdo. If you don't he, drink coffee, you're a weirdo. weirdo. Yeah, I don't know how he survived because <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> yeah, but uh, later on, Carmen also ended up, when I uh, I opened my, opened my first office, Carmen ended up working uh, with me. She was uh, the admin assistant at the mm -hmm. office. So not only not only she was already uh, trained in awareness, avoidance, and protection, right? Uh, but then she also helped in the other training that we ran that was she was one, like one of mm -hmm. one of the role players she was one of the bad guys you know and uh it was funny watching this six foot dude right all badass and there comes little carmen <laughs> acting like a like an intruder in the house and the guy freaks out drops everything and takes off running and carmen's like but i want to kill you and the dude <laughs> is running and i go like really dude i thought i thought you said you're a badass Uh, no, like a little Carmen over there going like, so yeah, and then Carmen looks at me like, what am I supposed to do? Like, what is going on? <laughs> Shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, oh, uh, so Carmen took that and then even Carmen went to uh, Puerto Rico with us mm -hmm. uh, during one of the uh, executive protection uh, uh, courses that we ran in Puerto Rico for one of the clients and Carmen went over there, and, you know, run, doing the, the admin assistant part, you know, all the certificates, mm -hmm. all the admin stuff. But then she, she got to watch and even participate in, in the training. So she that learned a lot. Cool. So that's, yeah, that so that was pretty cool. cool. Yep. Yeah. So Carmen, what else? So you, you came to North Carolina, right? And at that mm -hmm. point you still didn't have a baby yet. Oh no, no, no. Yeah. We got, like I said, we got married super young. So I knew, I remember when we got married, I said, I am going to try this. I'm going to try to support you in this, um, but we are not having kids. I need to make sure that I know where I'm going, that what I'm doing, that we are okay as a, as a relationship, you know, as a husband and wife, because we were so young. I mean, I was still, I was still in college. I was still trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And so thank God I did because he left like two times, one to Iraq and the second time, actually, and I'm lying. When we were in North Carolina, he left twice to Iraq, one for 15 months and the next one for a whole year. And so that was super, super, super hard. I think it was the most difficult deployment I have ever experienced in my entire life. Um, 
and because we basically when i got to the states you know puerto rico we we get to teach we get to learn english a little bit so i was able to understand a little bit i was able to read it but i couldn't speak so it was really hard for me and you know me i'm a social butterfly so it was it was really hard for me to get out there and not being able to talk like like i i couldn't i couldn't be me i couldn't talk i couldn't have friends I had to depend on him to translate so that I can say something back to his friends because that was his friends were my friends back then. And so that was 2006. And then 2007, he left to deploy for 50 months. And I was just like, okay, what am I going to do? I have no family, no friends, none, nothing. And that's when I decided to go to ESL, which is the English school language for spouses that don't know English. And so I was doing that in the mornings then I was, volunteering during the day and then going to college at night and let me tell you north carolina north carolina taught me how to be tough because i i went through so much when I she was drove there. down the murkerson <laughs> street <laughs> every day she went, oh. down, oh. she went down merchinson road and bonds road plenty I'm of times <laughs> I, yeah it can all of it Oof, it was it was rough i mean we were there for five years two deployments People were being racist to me. People didn't want to talk to me. I couldn't get a job because I was still learning the language. I mean, it was it was rough. And not having anyone to actually, like, lean on and, like, say, you know, can I stay with you? Can I do this? Can I do that? And, yes, I could have gone back to Puerto Rico, like, 90% of the spouses did back then. But I didn't want to do that, you know, because I was like, if I go back, I'll never be independent. I'll never learn. I'll never be able to, like, do something. So I stayed, and, I mean, it was it was rough. I went to Fayetteville State, and, ugh. And, mm. and, and uh, let, me, uh, let me make something clear, because I know mm -hmm. this for a fact, uh, for all the people listening, because right now I guarantee there's people going, like, people being racist, Americans are racist, this and that. It's still let me tell you, to this it, day, it, to it, 2022. It, 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 yeah, but... <laughs> most of the racism that you experienced was not even from white people. Mm -mm. All right. So let's get that clear is it, it was, it and was let's not. be honest, it was from black people. It was, from they black were, people. they were the most racist people that we could find here. Let me tell you, I, uh, when I was in the army uh, or, or while I've been in the States, I've been, uh, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? I've been talked down to and, and being, uh, uh, yeah. received more racist remarks from black people that I don't from, from my crackers, uh, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. that it, 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 it's, it's true. true. The, the school, the school that I went to, it was, I think, and I didn't know, right. Cause I wasn't from the United States. I didn't know anything about North Carolina. I didn't know anything about favorite state. So I had only that one friend who was white and she's still my best friend to this day. She's still friends. Um, the only one I knew, she was going there. She said, it's a great school. Just just do it there. I'm like, it's a public school. It's not, not going to be expensive. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go. They didn't know that it was 95% black and the other half were Hispanic, Asian, or white. And I didn't know that, right? I, I find out when I when I joined the, the college. Um, and then going to every classroom, it was so weird because the majority were black, which I didn't care because, you know, in Puerto Rico, we, we have everything. Like, there's no reason yep. for us to be like that. So I didn't care. I just wanted to study and learn English and make friends. And nobody, like, literally nobody would talk to me. Like, I will, tr I will try to sit on the table on purpose 
in the middle with two empty chairs on the side just to make them sit next to me. And they will still try to find another table instead of sitting next to me. <laughs> That's how bad it was. Like, I was, I mean, it, I, I remember I went to an English class and everybody was black except for me and another guy. And here I am being Puerto Rican, but I'm very light skinned. So for them, I was, I was white, right? And so I was there and I remember to this day, this girl that I wanted to kill her. I wanted to like, I told her so many things that day. Um, I was struggling. I couldn't understand what the assignment was. And I asked like five times. I was almost in tears. And then all of a sudden she gets up mad at me for no reason and starts explaining to me what I needed to do in Spanish. And I looked at her and I slapped my books on the table and I was like, you're telling me this whole time you knew and you wouldn't help. Where are you from? You didn't pull, you didn't pull a knife out. I said, where are you from? She was like, well, I'm half black and half Dominican, but I don't speak French because I don't like it. Oh my, I, I was so angry. I was so angry. I started crying. I started screaming. The teacher was like, Carmen, you need to calm down. I was like, I hope you die. I hope that when you get out of the, the classroom, a car runs over you. I hope that you eat is poison. That went from zero to a hundred in like two seconds. Oh yeah, don't. Don't I piss was, off a Puerto Rican woman. I was, that, well, I know, that's why I asked if she had a knife. Oh, I mean, no. she didn't pull Puerto knife, Rican woman, know. they either like you or want to kill you. That's it. There's no in between. Oh, my. I was so I was so angry that I couldn't stop crying. I couldn't stop yelling at her. I just left the classroom. The teacher was like, you just, just come back. You, you're going to get it done. And I said, listen, I need a minute. I need my time. I need to go back. I need to calm and relax and then. I'll be able to do whatever you said that you want me to do because I don't understand why these people are acting this way with me. I haven't done anything to them. They don't even know me. But all because probably because I was light skinned and I was new, I was different and I don't know. You know, Carmen, it was probably because they're it was probably because they're either their boyfriend or their husbands were looking at you. That's really yeah. what it was. Yeah, that's actually the boys who talked to being me. pretty. The the boys will talk to me. The girls will talk to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that. Let's be honest. That's that's they feel intimidated. So I only made two friends. Two two whites. One girl. One boy. That's it. The entire year that I was there. The entire year. Only two. And they Damn. were both white. Damn it. Go. So <laughs> what I'm hearing is she's bragging because she actually had two friends in high school. The rest of us were lucky to have two imaginary friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, it I was mean, bad. I mean, it was. Bad. Nate's only friends was. Was and still his only friend is the grandma. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. uh, so Carmen, you 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 were here. You know, you you experienced deployments and all that stuff. And then uh, at, at that point, you're still trying to figure out what you yeah. want to do with your life, right? What your career is going to be, what you want to concentrate on, and I all think that I good changed, stuff. I think I changed it in like twice because I didn't know what I what I wanted to do. So. Yeah. <laughs> so. And and I know you were modeling at the same time because yes, uh, you I even was. competed here in Miss. Mm -hmm. uh, what was what was it called, Miss? Uh, uh, Nuestra belleza Carolina. Nuestra right. belleza Carolina. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was basically the Latino. It sounds spicy. The Latin, the Latin Univision. Yeah, it was freaking uh, Univision yeah. uh, contest, and uh, mm -hmm. I remember you participating in that. And uh, that was super uh, fun too. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, I I think I went to one of your of your thing because we mm -hmm. we sponsor uh, one of your events and we went to that mm -hmm. and um and we even provided security for you in that one. Yeah. Um. So 
So yeah, it was it, it was pretty good. You you did all that good stuff, and then mm -hmm. after that, what happened? This is all when oh. my husband was deployed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so all of a sudden you're here, you're having a good time, and your husband get orders to go to a different duty station. Where was that at? Uh, Germany, actually. It was Germany. We were we were kind of like kind of like getting we were started feeling like established per se because we were not gonna for five years. And I remember he telling me that he was thinking like he was pretty like he wanted to have kids and I was still kind of like eh I'm not sure I don't know like he wanted to have kids first than I did and I was like eh, I don't know and then I get to not like I remember telling him I'm not having kids until we go to Europe like I want to I want to travel first and I remember he saying well I guess we never had kids because we're never gonna travel and I said well I guess you're not traveling because I am <laughs> so It was a whole discussion about it. I was like, I'm not having kids until I do. I, I There's certain things that I want to do before we had kids. And I think like a month after that, he calls me. I was in the kitchen. I was cooking dinner. And he said, guess where we're going? I said, where? Let's end the stigma attached to PTS. Let's walk it out. A 222-mile ruck march dedicated to suicide prevention starts March 31st in Fayetteville. Register to march or donate today. Text 222-NC to 41444 or visit letswalkitout.org said germany and i said what and i screamed so hard and i was like you do not gonna cancel those orders or i will divorce you tomorrow <laughs> and so <laughs> he was like i cannot believe that we're going you made a pact with the devil you're talking to people i don't know what's going on here and i said listen let's just go to europe this is our time to travel And you should have you should have tell him you should have tell him you know how many generals I serve coffee at that coffee shop I know people now she is branch manager on speed dial <laughs> yes yes you better not cancel the orders I mean it was it was insane I was I was so excited I was I was so excited I was ready to like get everything packed take it all let's go <laughs> so Carmen I gotta ask you ask you this question so yeah. you get to Germany right. And and you you are trying to learn English and well, now at that point, no wait no at that point I was already bilingual. Okay, okay, you're bilingual. You yeah. just learned a new language, and now you got to try to figure out German. Oh, he's yeah, got this. Yeah, yeah. I, I, um, yeah. So like, let's go back a little bit so they understand what I'm talking about. So <laughs> when he was okay, so when he was deployed for 15 months, think about it. I have 15 months of like, okay, what am I going to do? You know, everybody, like 95% of the wives, they left back to back to their country, whatever they, whatever they, they were from. And I stayed, yeah. I stayed there. They and got so, deported. No, no I'm they, just kidding. I'm just kidding. And I'm so just kidding. I was like, what am I going to do? So I, I went and learned the language. I was practicing so much that by the time he got back, because the goal was like, okay, I need to know this. But it's when he got back, I was 100% bilingual in 15 months. I was 100% bilingual. I was like, you do not get to talk. You do not get to translate for me anymore. You do not get to. I got I, this. I'm going to so order the, my the pizza. Question, the question is, when you get mad at him, is it in Spanish or English it's now? It's in Spanish. Because <laughs> he's also <laughs> Puerto Rican. <laughs> and she got a, a, a broader nasty vocabulary in spanish too you know no i mean i i just i had to you know like i, I don't know i was i was uh 
it was a different mindset, you know, like a lot of wives, they just, they, they become so dependable. I, I had a different mindset, I guess. I just didn't want to be like that. So. And you know, what? I'm glad you brought that up because, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of spouses that come from, you know, you came mm -hmm. from Puerto Rico, which a lot of people think you come from Puerto Rico and you already speak English. No, you no, don't. You, you understand you don't. it because there's a lot of things it in Puerto Rico. It depends on who you go to Puerto Rico. That, like a lot yeah. of people that go to like private my, school, they might know a little yeah, bit my, more, but. Yeah, my sister, when she was in what, 10th grade or actually eighth grade, you could talk to her on the phone and you will never think that she was Puerto Rican. You There think you're you talking to a straight up white girl from the States. Mm -hmm. And then you see her and you're like, what? Those Because her cousins. accent. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. But, but what I'm saying is even the people that don't go to private schools and things like that or bilingual schools, because uh, my sister went to a bilingual school. But yep. if you don't, you still can catch enough English to understand. You might not like talking, but you understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. But but then what I hear is like a lot of people, I see a lot of my friends that their spouses come from Colombia, Dominican Republic, you know, whatever. And 20 years later, their, their spouses can't even order a burger on their own. But I'm going to tell you why, because I saw this. Because they, they stay with their people. That makes sense. So like when I was going to the school and they were doing events, I was very antisocial. I'm not going to lie. I said, I'm going to be antisocial. I didn't want to hang out with them because I knew that if I did, I was not going to learn because all they did was speak in Spanish. So mm -hmm. I went and hang out with every single white person I, I, I could meet and <laughs> I hang out with them. And, and I, I, I'm grateful for my best friend that I met back then because it was with her that I learned, that I was able to learn so quick. Because I, I, I forced myself, like I, I, I throw myself out there and just, I made a lot of mistakes, I'm, <laughs> a lot, but I learned because I did that. Then once I learned, I was like, okay, we're hanging out now. Now we can hang out. Let's go. Now we can go dancing <laughs> at the club. Now we can go. Now we can hang out. But I felt good because I was able to help them. Once I learned, I was able to help them. So I guide them. I, I told them what they needed to do. If they did it or not, I, I, you can make someone do something, right? You can only advise and you can only, you know, but I just, yeah, I have a different mindset. Mike, you see <laughs> why he's saying that bad after all. But yeah, Germany, uh, we went to Germany <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I, I tried to learn the language. I was actually went to the school <laughs> to learn German and I was learning a little bit. But then I decided to, to go to work. And so I got a job position at the bank on post. And I was working full time there. And I quit college. And I said, I'm just going to go travel. And I, that's all I did. I, 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 I don't want to brag, but uh, <laughs> I signed a recommendation letter for that position that you applied for. I'm yes, just you saying. did. <laughs> I don't want to brag. I don't want to brag. <laughs> no, and but, yet they but, still took her anyways. No, but you were but you were really happy doing that job though. I remember I that you sent me a few messages happy. and you told me that you were so happy doing that I job. I was I always wanted to to try some banking or finances and stuff like that and um yeah, I was I was so happy. I I felt like it was waiting or something. I don't know. I just I just went. I just saw it and I just asked for the manager and everything happened and I I started working there. It was, it was, it was perfect. 
yeah, so so as far as I remember, you started just doing some regular clerical work yeah, or whatever. I and then as a mm -hmm. Yeah, and then eventually they promoted you to something else. They, they sent you to the course. You became a loan officer and all that kind of stuff. So right? there I wasn't a loan officer. I was, I, I guess I was a loan advisor, but it was only for car loans and personal loans. It wasn't mortgages. Um, but I guess that's where I kind of had a, a an interested on it because I liked it. Uh, like I like when the soldiers will come because most of the clients were soldiers. Um, I like that I was able to help them get along for something that they wanted or they needed. And so I like I like the feeling that it made me feel. So it's like I remember I had a friend then at the bank, and she was like, "If you like that, you should try mortgage." And like, what? I was like, "What? What is that?" And she was like, "That's for the home loans." And I'm like, "Oh, okay. I guess I could, but." I left it at this, you know, I, I didn't think any of it. Um, that was not available at the bank because the bank was kind of small. It was just to help the soldiers with their transactions while they were in Germany. Um, you know, little things like that. And that's it. Um, there was not that much to do. But yeah, I mean, that's, I guess that's where everything started. That's good. Uh, <clears throat> Mike, you, you were never stationed in, in Germany. No, you were fifth group. You were all... All like, you know, sand and and just just twenty four to forty eight hours bypassing through Germany. Have you been to Germany, <laughs> Nate? I have been to Germany. I've been there a couple times. Um, beautiful country. Uh, yeah, I was at uh, Hohenfels, the base there, because we were going through their okay. uh, training system. Yeah, really good. I loved going through Germany as a soldier, a Canadian soldier, because it was you guys are so more industrialized and commercialized in your military than we are because there's okay. more, there's more soldiers on one American base than there is all of Canada. So when you wake up in your shacks and you're like, Oh, this is just like the movies. And you sit up and you see a big billboard that says, start your day with a Whopper Burger Kings this way. You're like, <laughs> okay. okay <yeah>. right? <laughs> so no, well, I love true. it. Yeah, it is true. And, you know, start your day with a Whopper. And then at lunchtime, they go, have a middle of the day Whopper. And then supper time, they have end your day with a Whopper. It's these rotating signs, right? So <laughs> it's fantastic. But the, I, the base I, itself I, is great. The people, fantastic. The countryside of Germany. Um, I actually got to race in Rupp Holding, Obertiliak, and um, uh, shoot, I'm forgetting the third venue. Because biathlon. In, in Europe, biathlon is what um, cross-country, well, um, football and hockey is to Canada and, and the States, right? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's this huge thing, yeah. So I got to do it, and going there to do that sport where they have 20,000 people that show up at 8 o'clock in the morning oh, and my God, drink. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah you, you've seen, seen it, it, right? It goes crazy over there with that. Boys, I was a rock star for a couple of weeks. I'm not going to lie. It was awesome. You it know? Was, but, it was, they get they get crazy because they like to drink. And so if they eat, it goes wild. Yeah. <laughs> and when and when you have 20,000 people watching you shoot and oh, you miss, you don't, that sound in the stadium where it goes, <laughs> tang, <laughs> and then everybody goes, boom, <laughs> or the big gasp where they're all excited because uh. you're on your fifth shot and they're like, <gasps> No, like, I'm just gonna ski out now. Yeah, yeah. Jeremy is it's, it's awesome. I loved it there. It's a little different right now. I was just there this yeah. last November working, and and uh, it's 
Definitely be like like Nate said, definitely be a country, but it's not as safe. There's no twenty thousand right? people watching you. What's that? It's not as safe as he used to be. Like when when no. Well, like compared it's, to it's, when I they're, went, they're 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 locked they're locked down with the uh, COVID restrictions right now. I was I was down near Eisenbach oh, for wow. two weeks. But here's and the thing. It, but but they're Eisenbach is really lockdown? more. Yeah, but they're they're like it's more like old old country out there until you get up to like Byruth, north of Byruth, and then it's like modern. Okay, which is kind of kind I just of weird. Want to interject though, the time of the filming of this episode. COVID technically ended. World War III has kind of started. Yeah. And the freedom convoys have gone through all over North America, but no one's paying attention to the one in the States because it's mostly a bunch of Jeeps. And Jeeps are cool, but they're not really a convoy of trucks. I'm just saying. Either way, Germany, we're going to free you again eventually. That's you so know, crazy. It, it, it's funny that you say that because wow. uh, right before the, the State of the Union address, all of a sudden, mm -hmm. New York lifted COVID restrictions and COVID restrictions in the Capitol building and the White House were lifted mm -hmm. so that everybody can see, well, look, we ended, we ended all of the restrictions California. right before the, 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 you know, the state of the union because yeah. we're badasses. Nobody pays attention to the war that is going on. We have no mask. We're yep. good. Yep. Yeah, Alaska <laughs> too. Alaska, um... Uh, so February 28th, we don't have to wear masks. Uh, nothing is closed. Everything is back to normal. Uh, the only place that they're still requiring masks is on, on, on post, here on base. And just because the commander wants it that way, uh, we are waiting to see when she's going to change her mind. But besides that, Alaska is like completely normal. Everybody is back to normal. And I am happy you come down that. to Florida. It's the only free state. Yeah, uh, whoever the commander of that base in Alaska is, uh, don't be scared. Let the She's mask go. She's Air Force. All right. Oh, oh now we. Oh, that's all you have to say. Oh, okay. Now we know. You see, that was a short explanation, but very, very good. Yeah. No, it was. It was all we needed to know. Yeah. <laughs> it, it described everything in one nutshell. In one <laughs> Yeah, that's why I don't, I, I'm telling you, I think thinking here, I'm like, why do they do that? Why do they do it like that? What's going on? And I keep forgetting that this base is Army and Air Force, and I'm on the Air Force side of the base. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah. Very, very different from the Army. I, I, I can tell you that. Very different. Oh, my God. So, Carmen, going going back to your story. So, yeah. you're you're in Germany. How uh, how many years were you guys in Germany? We were there for two and a half, maybe I think like two years and eleven months, ten months, like almost three years, but it wasn't quite three years. Okay. Yeah, so it was like that three year tour that you guys had to yeah. do there. Got it. And then, so <clears throat> you left there, yeah, and you pregnant. were working at that pregnant. That's when I got you pregnant. <laughs> Oh, 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 okay. Go, yeah, go back to that one. So you got yeah. pregnant. How, how did that go? It was fine. <laughs> I mean, he went deployed. Uh, I will say like the last year that we were supposed to like be there, he went deployed to Afghanistan for like nine months. And we kind of said, okay, I guess we ready to uh, travel or Europe by, by then. Because um, I was, you know, I was working. So all I was doing was traveling. And I said, well, I guess we can try. They didn't think it was going to happen that fast. And then he got back. And I was pregnant right then. It's <laughs> so crazy. You know what? He he timed that shit. He timed that shit. He's like, you don't think it's that fast. Watch me. <laughs> he was holding back the good stuff. No, I was like, what the? 
and so uh, I got pregnant, and I was like, "Well, okay, well, I guess, yeah, we are pregnant." <laughs> and so the last um, I spent the last seven months being in Germany, you know, just going to my pregnancy. I worked all the way to the summertime of that year, and Adrian was born in December, but we left Germany in September. Do you remember that was 2013? There was like a like a government shutdown for something. And like PC orders were being canceled and all that good stuff. I don't remember what was the reason. It was in 2013, around September, October timeframe. And there was it something was, with the Yeah, government. it was probably one of those government shutdowns that, there was, that was something happening because that of the fiscal year. They were canceling orders. And we left. What year was that again? Uh, 2013. 2013. Okay. If Google it was October. <laughs> no, if it was. No, it's just the way Carmen's saying 2013. It's no. really. <laughs> Uh, so so you know i I think if it was october it was probably one of those uh what you call it budget freaking things yeah it was something like that and we left like i don't know like a few days before that happened um and then yeah i have agent in december we went to after germany we went to georgia for gordon we went to georgia for gordon and he became uh he got a special assignment there to be an instructor um and yeah we did that for like three years so three more years in georgia and while you were in georgia did did, uh did you try to continue your career or that was on no i i always knew that as soon as i had a baby i wanted to spend some time with him um so i stayed so i i did not follow my career but i couldn't stay at home because i i'm not like that so i went to back to to school and uh i was working part-time so i was working part-time and going to school at the same time So I did. That. Okay. I concentrated on my on my on my schooling, I guess, on my degree, and I finished my degree, and then we moved to Texas, and that's when I said, okay, he's three years old, he can he can talk, he can click his butt, let's go back to work now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I said. Like, okay, he can talk, so he will tell me something's wrong, and he can he can clean himself. Okay, good, we're good, we can go. So, and that's when I started working as a loan officer. Yeah, in Texas. Texas. In Texas, yeah. So you were how many how many years were you in Georgia? Three. Three years, and then you went to Texas, Wait, and three. how many years did you spend in Texas? Three more. Three years, yeah. And then from there, here you Alaska. ended up packing, and you went to Alaska. And that was now, one of the worst, most difficult move of my life. Now I remember, I remember before you moved to Alaska, uh, we were in touch. You sent me a message because you you were <laughs> you were trying to figure out if you were going to be able to continue your your career in oh Alaska. Oh my God, yes. My, and, uh, my, and that my manager, that, yeah. That became like a big headache and probably a stress stressful moment for you. Oh yeah, I cry so much. Yeah, I cry a so lot. So tell tell us a little bit about that because a lot of people don't don't understand. The, the the experience that spouses, whether they're males or females, have to go through every time we pack up and we move and so, go somewhere else. Well, also, wife, you know, it's hard to kind of have a continuity in your career, depending on what it is, of course, because you you start working somewhere, <clears throat> and by the time you start getting used to it and getting established, and maybe getting a promotion or something that helps you grow, you know, it's time to move on. You know it's time to pack and you gotta go. It happened every single time to me, and that's how I knew I'm I'm going now. I'm, I know I'm going because this is going too good. I know I'm gonna have to go now. I'm gonna have to, it, and and telling you, it happened in Germany. 
I was working at the bank and I remember like it was yesterday going so excited to my husband's office to tell him that I was being promoted to customer service and loan. And then he said, Oh, we just, we were just told that we're leaving soon. And I started crying in his office and I said, I don't want to see you right now. I don't want to talk to you right now. I'm just going to go home. <laughs> I'm just going to go home and just, just, just be like that. Just gotta go home. And he hugged me. He's like, I'm so sorry. I know. I know. I understand. And I said, it's okay. Don't talk to me. I'm just, I'm just going to go. <laughs> don't home. touch me. Don't touch me. Don't talk to me. I'm just going to go home. And so literally I went home and whatever, but in Texas happened the same thing. I, <clears throat> whatever, buddy. I was like, okay, here we go. So I left. And then in Texas, I remember my friend that said that I needed to try mortgages. I said, okay, I'm just going to try that. And don't think people can think that it's easy. Even though you have experience, it doesn't mean that everybody's going to hire you. Because all they see in your resume is that every so often you're moving somewhere, you're changing places. And yes, it might be good in a certain way, but some employers out there, they're very still very uh, frigid, very, um, they want someone for like five years or more. And they want you to do all this because they're going to pay you so much. And you know, they only pay you so much money because they know what they're going to get back from you. So I applied to so many places and nobody wanted to hire me. And that was December, a few weeks before New Year's. And I remember telling my husband, I said, you know what? Because I started crying. I was like, nobody's going to hire me now. Like, this is crazy. Like, I'm not going to be able to do anything. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to take a break from the holidays. Maybe it's because of the holidays. They're not really interested in interviewing anybody or whatever. And my husband was like, oh, you're just going to have to go back to banking. Let's start from ground zero. And I was like, do you want to start from ground zero? Do you want, do you want me, do you want to go back? Do you want to be a private again? You want to be a private again? You want to be an E3? Let's just go back to E3. Because that's easy for you to say after, you know, all the work and stuff. I was like. And that's when your husband realized he fucked up. I was like, I was like, so, you know, he supports me so much, but, you know, he he wanted me to work so much, but I was like, I'm not just going to like. How you say um, accept? I guess anything or whatever. I, I wanted to try. You know, I was like, okay, what am I? Okay, what am I doing? And then I I popped in LinkedIn, which I didn't know about. I I I had to just find out about LinkedIn. And I thought, okay, let me just open a LinkedIn. Maybe that helps me. And I found this company, and it said, I remember in the description, mortgage experience or something similar. And I was like, okay, so I don't have mortgage, but I had loans. That's similar. <laughs> so I applied for it. <laughs> and that was like in January or something. And the manager called me. But then my husband was like, I had a, another bank calling me to work as a teller. And I was like, oh, man, as a teller again. I'm going to go back to this, blah, blah, blah. And thankfully, the other manager called me, and I was able to start as an assistant for a loan officer. And then again, I was able to become a loan officer. Not even six months after that, we got ordered to Alaska. Great, <laughs> great, great hobby. Thank you. And the thing is what I was doing as a loan officer, it wasn't in a, 
in a bank. It was in a private lending company. So I was only commissioned. So when you're only commissioned, you need time to be able to get to know you, to establish relationships, to meet realtors, to go out there and they can, they know your face. It takes time, right? So when I, when we got ordered to go to Alaska and I remember I left and my manager, so what you were saying, he was, yeah, he was very optimistic. He, he wanted me to continue be with them and do mortgages in Texas from Alaska. And I was like, I don't know. The time zone is different. I don't know if it's going to work. A lot of realtors, they want to meet with the loan officers like face to face. I'm not going to be there. I cannot just take a plane and go whenever I want to. Um, it was, it was very difficult. And I was waking up at 630 in the morning at Alaska time so that I could be on time with them in Texas every day. And I was working from like 6.30 in the morning to like 7 o'clock at night because I had it to be with them. And then I had it to be available after hours in Texas. So it was, it was insane. It was, I did it for like a month or two. And then I was like, I, I took for three. And I was like, I can't do this. I, it's not working. I was working too many hours and I receiving the money I wanted for the hours I was putting in. The realtors were going crazy because I wasn't there. Um, it was just bad. It was, yeah, I cry so much. <laughs> so Carmen, uh, you know, you mentioned your, your, <clears throat> some of the employers didn't want to hire you because you moved too much. And yeah. I, I heard that. I don't know if you heard that Mike or, or Nate from, from other spouses where uh, they actually have employers that tell them, Oh, you, uh, you're a military spouse. Oh, okay. Well, I got this temporary uh, job for you. And they go like, no, you don't have anything permanent. They're like, no, I'm not giving yeah. you permanent because two or three years from now you're living anyways. Mm -hmm. And, uh, or, and sometimes they just straight up tell you, I don't hire military spouses because by the yeah. time I get you trained, by the time I get you to learn everything that you need to do, that you need to do, you might get orders and go somewhere else. So mm -hmm. I'm going to even waste my time with you. They do that um, all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy, you know, it, it, it's sad. Uh, and, you know, I mean, think about it, Carmen. 16 years, you guys have been married, right? 16? Did yeah, I say 16. that right? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say 60, but you don't look that old. <laughs> uh, so 16 years, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, you went from Puerto Rico to Fort Bragg to Germany to Georgia to, <laughs> to Texas. Texas. Alaska. Alaska. And we still have I one mean, more move. <laughs> and you still have one more move to and go. So in 16 years, in 16 years, you move six times. Yeah. Right? And that, I mean, that have to mess with your head, Carmen. Oh, it has. It has. But I'm very, I'm very outspoken, as you can see. <laughs> so I told my, you know, I, I, I tell my husband all the time this. Right. So I don't mind doing the sacrifice. Right. As long as he shows support and respect for me, I don't mind doing the sacrifice as long as he can see it and appreciate it. Because I remember when he said that he wanted to join, I said, are you sure? And I did not say, let's get married. He was the one that wanted to get married because he was like, if I'm going, I want you to come with me. And I said, okay. So um, 
I what I didn't what I didn't want to go through was doing all of this and it's still I mean it, could, it can still happen. I don't want to go through all these sacrifices for someone said I don't love you anymore, I don't like you anymore. I'm just gonna go some, with someone else, you know, because then what was my sacrifices for, you know? So because I have that in my mind all the time, I think that's why I have done all the things I have done as we keep moving in the army life, because I'm always scared that something like that can happen or, or that I'm going to end up alone or that I'm going to end up with nothing or because the army doesn't care. I'm, I'm sorry, but the army does not care about they, they portray themselves as family is so important, but it, it is not. And oh, at least they have not made me feel that way. And I think that's why I, I've been trying to be so independent and not depend, I guess, on, on directly on it or have my own thing just in case. Because, I mean, my husband could have died. I, don't, I, don't, I didn't know that. He could, he could get into an accident. I don't know that. And the army was going to do, send him some money and like, oh, retire and you're good to go. Because that's what they're going to do. And then I moved here in Alaska and it was very hard as someone that is so mind getter at getting things, it was very hard for me to leave everything that I was building in Texas to come here because he did not want me to stay. Because you, a lot of people are going to say, and they have said this to me, but you, you went, so you wanted to, you could stay. It is so easy to say when you're not in the situation, when you are not just leaving yourself, you're also leaving your family behind. You're also breaking up a family. Because me staying in Texas meant that me and my son, we're gonna be here, and my husband and his dad, we're gonna be somewhere else where we could be together. You know what I'm saying? For so, three or four years. For three or four years. So, cause yeah, you you go for three, but sometimes you get extended. I mean, we were not going out for five. So, um, I mean, I have, I've never, in 16 years in the army life, never, never been through abuse or depression and anxiety until now. And this is something that I don't talk about. People don't know it. But I've been dealing with depression and anxiety since I moved to Alaska. First of all, I hate the cold. I, I need the sunlight. I, I'm very <laughs> tropical. Uh, this, is, this is driving me crazy. Uh, not having the sun like nine months out of the year is driving me crazy. Uh, I don't know how now I became an alcoholic, you know, like, I'm just like, I, I'm trying to be it's, busy. It's like living in Seattle. I, I totally relate. Oh my God. It's like, I, where, where's everybody? Like, I, I grew up yeah, Seattle, Mike, people. yeah. I was in Seattle just for training and, and I hated that place. And it rains there, right? That was our last, that was our last, last week and it's, But it, yeah. they said that it rains a lot in Seattle. Like, it doesn't rain as much here. It's just that you don't have the sun. It, it. Fun fact is Houston, Texas gets more rainfall per year than Seattle does. Just Seattle gets constant drizzle nine months out of the year. Is it like, is it like Germany? Houston, Texas gets it in like hours. Is it like Germany that it's just going to stay like graded, yeah. cloudy? Yes, very much like Germany. Okay, that's, what, I make, that's what I make me think of. Okay, so here at least you get the sun when it's out, but I mean. <laughs> For two hours. For two hours. The sun comes out and goes like, hey, hi, Carmen, bye. So what I wanted to say is. I, I I saw myself getting this anxiety and depression and, and, and thoughts in my head and like 
acting in a weird that I never been. So I was like, okay, I need to do something about it. I need to do something. I went to the hospital because everybody kept saying, you need to go see a doctor. I said, okay, I'm going to go see a doctor. And then an appointment and I went. And the lady was like, yeah, I think you, you have anxiety and a little bit of depression. Um, you have two options. We can either give you pills or you can see a therapist. And I said, well, I'm not taking medication because my anxiety and depression is from Alaska. I know that when I move, I'm going to get better. Um, so I don't want medicine. I just want to talk to somebody. And so she was like, okay, someone's going to call you. And so uh, two weeks later, someone calls me. I was like, okay, all right. I'm on the phone with her. And I had to tell her again the whole story that I told the other lady from the hospital. Because I guess they didn't, they didn't don't talk to each other. And I was like, so I was telling her, being very nice, everything good. And she was like, okay, yeah, so, like, we have uh, we have someone that can talk to you around 345, um, certain days a week. You guys can set up different appointments, blah, blah, blah. I said, oh, yeah, cool, okay, I can do that. That was, I don't know, October from last year, still waiting. Still waiting for someone what? to call, um, to give me guidance, to provide me with something. Send me something to email at least. Nothing. Nothing. I have heard nothing from no one from the hospital. And well, Carmen, said, Carmen, you don't need no therapist anymore. You got us. You got oh, us. We're gonna start God. sending you. We're gonna start sending you pictures of yeah, surfing that's, that's and, and and that the I beach. Get help. I, I'll send you Florida weather pictures. <laughs> <laughs> that's me that I want to get help. Imagine the people that don't go to try to get help. Right. They yeah. try to deal on their own. You know how many people killed them, kill themselves here? I mean, yeah. it's crazy. Alaska has one of the highest highest suicide rates. Yeah. So, yeah, and a lot of marriages get in trouble because of it. A lot of soldiers messed up because of it. And Carmen, how, how much longer you guys got in, in, in Alaska? I was going to say Canada, um, uh, Alaska. I think our D-Rose <laughs> is February of 2023. Yeah. So you year. still got one more year to go. I'm going to say a year because it's already March. I'm going to say 11 months. <laughs> <laughs> it's not shorter that way. <laughs> hey, that, that's the first step getting past the anxiety is the optimist. I'm oh, going to yeah. be like 11 months. We're almost there. <laughs> 11 months. And uh, Carmen, and I, I mean. Working. I started working at Adrian School because of it. I started working at Adrian School, at my son's school, because of my anxiety. Because they were like, you need to just. You need to do something that gets you out of your house. And I was like, okay. And it's funny because they tell you to go for a run when it's like freaking negative five outside, but it's okay. Um, yeah, you, yeah, I am not. You will not see me running at negative five outside. That's the most it. And so, anyways, that's why I started working there. So that it has helped a little bit. Sometimes I get my moments. Uh, but as long as I keep my mind busy, um, at least I don't get those touch my head so so Carmen we can we can say right yeah in how many deployments was there already how many times you move six times right in six times yeah. and and uh and just now you're starting to experience this anxiety and all this stuff it, it, it's all getting to you so we can safely say that you actually were pretty strong for a long time until now because We've seen spouses that go crazy in their very first PCS. In their first yeah. move, they're going crazy already. 
I, but I think it's because I was, in the beginning, I was not leaving anything behind that I care about. That makes sense? So, like, yeah. when I went to North Carolina, I wanted to leave Puerto Rico. So I had the, 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 the energy to, to do it. Then we got to Germany. I wanted to go to Europe. Yeah. So I left. But then as I started to, like, kind of establish myself, going to school, getting jobs, and I had to do my career, I think that's when it became part of me. Because I'm like, okay, now I have my things. I don't wanna have I don't wanna leave my thing. I don't wanna leave what I have built so that I can follow you, not really knowing if we're gonna be together forever. Because there's no No reason. no 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 Alexis, you don't get it. We will be together forever. <laughs> Yeah, Until you die, time. or yeah. I'll make you die. Yeah. All the time, I'll be like, you see this? Promise. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, I, I understand the spouses. I, when, they, when they come to me and talk to me about it, I, I completely understand. But when I hear this new spices dealing with, like, three weeks, <laughs> TDY, the training, crying, I'm like, oh, Lord, you have no idea. <laughs> You my my idea. husband my husband went TDY for three days. It was so hard. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I'm not saying it's not as hard. I'm just saying it's just like I can't. I no, can't no, I'm it. serious. I I'm serious. <laughs> I heard not too long ago uh, a spouse talking about her husband. Uh, yes, they've been married for like three years, and he's been in the military for three years. And mm -hmm. I don't know what kind of job he got, but. I should have got that job because this guy have never gone anywhere, not even to the field, right? Wow. And he left for the first time. I guess he ended up making E5, E6. So he needed to go to, uh, uh, I don't know how they call it now, advanced leaders course or whatever they call yeah, it now. Yeah, yeah, that's the, what they call the it. Uh -huh. PLDC. The PLDC, right? So he <laughs> finally needed to go, and that woman was going crazy. That's like 30 days. I know, 30 days. That's a long time, It's a JP. long time, even though that he got his phone and can do FaceTime and send her Twitter that's messages. That's so That's a long time. You. When my husband went deployed, that was not that was not allowed. We were writing letters. We were on the computer on Skype. Skype. You know, so it's like... Right. Hey, hey, that's hey, modern technology, hey, by hey, the way. Hey, that's, that right there is modern technology. When I that deployed... When I deployed... It was sent a letter, and maybe by the time right. you get back, you might catch Martin up to that letter. <laughs> It'll be on the same plane as you. It'll be country. in the same plane that you, and you might yeah. get your one satellite phone call uh, during your entire deployment. All right. Yeah, yeah. a lineup and, of a hundred guys for one payphone, and that's if the satellite phone <laughs> battery didn't <laughs> die before they pick up in the other side because the batteries suck. Yeah. Right? You know what I'm talking about, Nate. Yeah, there was you, no you, phone sex. Right, right. Hey, babe, what right, are you right. Click. You Damn got it. a freaking Iridium phone, and it's like completely full. And you're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna call my oh, wife. And like, wow. and the battery dies two minutes moved later. Out. It just keeps going. You watch it. One ring, yeah. two rings, one ring, three two rings, rings, and the battery's going power. down. Please. Yeah. But oh yeah, it was horrible. But anyways, but you had Skype, Carmen. It's fine. It's fine. No, I can't complain. I can. I can complain because I, I talk to my girlfriend almost every day. She's deployed. I talk to her almost every day on video and, and voice. So I can't complain about it. Welcome technology. I'll embrace it. <laughs> and, what, and what about what about the housing on Paul? 
That's another story. Uh, well, I never live in housing. That's a, course, a whole different story. Let me tell you, I went through some random stuff and, and speaking <laughs> housing here. I mean, it was the only reason why I'm living here on post on base is because I didn't want to deal with all the snow and make sure that you have that's a whole other episode talking about housing and travel and post oh my, and oh my god oh my i can imagine carmen yeah. i can imagine carmen and alaska going to work oh like oh there's a bear let me go around him hell <laughs> no i mean i don't know how people you either love alaska or you hate it and i hate it it's amazing place hey, my, it's beautiful but i can't live here <laughs> hey mike you ever live in housing in an army base Yeah, I did at Fort Lewis uh, in 2000, uh, how, 2002. How was it? Because apparently Carmen haven't had a good experience. I got lucky because I had a, this is like in the old housing, not the new stuff they got. Mm -hmm. But we had our own, we weren't in a duplex, we we're on a corner lot. So it wasn't terrible. But watching all the wives sit outside and watch the second Ranger Battalion guys run by in Ranger panties was It was kind of hot. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it wasn't terrible, but, but clearing the housing was probably the worst. But yeah. So, Carmen, tell me one of bad. your bad experiences in, in, in the housing. Oh, in North Carolina. When, um, of course. And, and, <laughs> well, and, Fort Bragg and, always wins. And, yeah, and, Fort and, Bragg, North Carolina. Every time these things happen, it never happens when he's in the house. Always happens when they're, when they're gone. Um, I remember <laughs> I got smelling something in my laundry room. I'm like, what is that smell? Like something dead and I couldn't figure out what it was. So how did you get someone? Um... On Thursday, March 31st, Let's Walk It Out will be kicking off its second annual 222 mile rock march in North Carolina. Raising awareness from Fayetteville to Camp Lejeune and back, Let's Walk It Out is dedicated to suicide prevention and overcoming the stigma often associated with PTS, all while benefiting charities committed to veteran wellness. 10 days, 10 legs but unlimited potential to be part of the solution. Volunteer, sponsorship, and participant opportunities can be found at letswalkitout.org. Together, let's work it out. Let's walk it out. I, I, I went to the office, and they finally sent a guy, and it was like, a, like two rats, I guess. They were dead in the roof, but like inside the roof the, or something. This is, when the, uh, this is when the contracted companies had control not the base right i don't know i have it i don't know but what year I, was that uh 2007 oh yeah yeah contract yep. companies ran the base housing okay and so they took the rats then another day <laughs> they took the rats they took the rats i'm like okay they know that so i'm sitting one day i'm like doing the laundry and i feel stuff falling on me and so i'm going like this you know because i can feel it but i didn't i'm not thinking any of it anything of it and so I, I keep putting the laundry in the, in the washing machine, stuff keep falling off. It was worms that were eating the rats. They didn't clean it up. And they were falling on me. I was screaming to death. <laughs> the laundry room went back to the office. And, and the lady was wait, wait. like, do you clean your house? Oh. <laughs> What did you just ask me? Oh, she just started the Puerto Rican. That's it. That's it. Hey, we, we should we should write a book, Chronicles of Military Spouses and Their Adventures on Base and stuff. And imagine, imagine me dealing with that. My husband, but I'm complaining on him. He didn't yeah. want to complain, but I, I had it to tell him that I was going through it. He said he was calling people. I was at the office and 
when he got back from deploy, that's when they say, oh, guess what? We have another house for you to want to move. But like, forget it. We're buying a house. Don't worry about it. Where's is, where is the rear D, Sergeant Major? Absolutely <laughs> nowhere. You, you, be you know, that, 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 that's the problem. <laughs> no, that, that's the problem. I remember not even combat is going on, right? This like 95, 96, uh, when I was in the 82nd, I remember, you know, if, if you went to the field, if you were in JRTC or whatever, right? Uh, Rear D was there. And if if a spouse, because back, back then, of course, we didn't have the cool phones, you know, you, yeah. you had a, a pager that you page me and then I'll call you from my phone because it costs like $1.25 for min per minute, right? So anyways, so it was like the spouses could, could call Rear D and go like, hey, listen, uh, I'm having this problem. And yeah. the husbands, a lot of time, never even found out that there was even a problem because Rear D was there and spouses call, they showed up or they call whoever they needed to call and shit got fixed. Oh, you know, and, and I, I keep hearing over and over lately that that don't happen anymore. Oh. And it's sad. It didn't happen to me for sure. Never. <laughs> I had to deal with it on my own or try to get them to do something about it. But every time I live in housing and something happened, it was just like, it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. Every single time. Yeah. I think the only house I, I that I imagine. liked was the one in Germany. The only one that I... I can only imagine what it was like for y'all, but I mean, we... I mean, obviously on our side of the fence, it was a little tighter knit, but mm -hmm. that's that's unfortunate that you didn't have that support. Yeah. No, I would yeah, Definitely. As a retired NCO, that bugs the crap out of me. It, it, yep. it does. It does. It does. You know, because it's funny uh, a lot of times, and this is what I heard lately too, and uh, and this, you know, I go to Charlie Mike's, I go to Max, you, you hear conversations of soldiers around you all the time. And uh, so then you have the NCOs that want to be NCO, right? I, I, I'm E6 now, this and that. But every time something comes down that they need to take responsibility for, they go like, oh, well, that's the lieutenant's job. No. Or, or that's the captain's job. And I go like, man, that is the same reason why the NCO Corps have, have lost so much power. Because we started going as, and I say we, because I was an NCO as well, right? We started mm -hmm. to the point where NCO started going like, well, that's the company commander's problem, not my problem. No, and, and no. slowly and slowly, no shit, it became their problem. It became to where company commanders, you know, no. battalion commanders are like, yeah, uh, I'm running the show because obviously like no. somebody is messing up. Uh, and, and it's no. sad. I see it all the time. I hear it all the time. And it's so sad because what happened with the backbone of the army? Yeah. That was the shit. Ain't that Mike, that was the shit, the backbone of the army. Yeah. Now, that's why I'm over here shaking my head because I'm like, no, no. I've, I've told too many officers to shut the F up or get out of here. I got this. But you see, that that's so great. It, it, that's great if you got it. But yeah. if you say, oh, shut the hell up, and then you don't do anything about it, then you're leaving the soldiers hanging. That yeah. officer eventually is going to be like, no, you shut the fuck up because I am in charge, really. And no. uh, move the fuck out. I'm going to take care of the soldiers that well, you are not taking it, care of. It was it was mission first, soldiers always, and that soldiers always included the family. Correct. So and you know so, back I mean, then, I think about it. I was I was only twenty something, like twenty two. I was super young, barely speak English. Didn't speak English. 
you know, I felt like <laughs> I, I, I felt like I, I, I was like, okay, you know, I, 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 did, I, did, I was depending on them, you know, like I, I didn't, yeah. couldn't do anything else than just go to them, you know. It was, it was just, Absolutely. it was just really hard. It was just, yeah. it was crazy. Carmen, so let's let's uh, move forward with this. Uh, you are working at your son's school, right? Yeah, right now. Mm -hmm. what, what, Just part time. What are you? You're working there part time. What are you, What are you doing at the school? If you don't mind telling us. Yes, I'm. I'm working in the kindergarten. Uh, I work along with the teachers so that we can teach the kindergartens. <laughs> the kindergartners. Basically, so. basically spanking those babies. Bam. Yeah, that's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but you also have oh. your own business, right? You're running your own thing, so, yeah, doing so, uh, hair care and skincare. Yeah, so that's something that I also decided to try when I got here to Alaska. Um, I was dealing with a lot of um, stuff. I don't know if it was a depression from here or what, but my hair was crazy, <laughs> and so. Um, Yeah, I decided to listen to a friend of mine, and she's like, hey, I have this company. It's a networking company because it's a networking company. Um, and if you want to give it a try, and I said, sure, why not? And I've been doing it since I've been doing it for a year now. It's been going really good. It's just social media. Um, by then, the COVID was in the big moment, so there was not really a lot to do outside of your computer. So I just thought it was a great moment to start because – I, I'm all, I, I love content. I love create content. I love social media. Uh, I love the way you can communicate with other people. So um, I decided to do it. So it's been going great. And Carmen, if there's like any website, anybody can go and find your business or just Not on really. your they social can, media. They can find me on Facebook as Carmen Maldonado, or they can find me on my Instagram, which is Carmen.bonatic. Um, and I put all my information there all the time. I don't have like a, I have a website, but it's really long because it's generated by the company. I'd rather for people go to my Instagram instead. So. Okay. I go to her Instagram, and yeah, that's I'm, where all this is coming from. Yeah. <laughs> and we got, we're going to make sure, Carmen, we're going to make sure, Carmen, that we put your Instagram uh, oh, you. address, your link on all that in, mm -hmm. in, in this podcast. That way everybody can go and find you. But, uh, but now, you are a hair consultant. Yes. Hair Kinda care like consultant. Mentor. Kind of like what advice can you give right now? Just looking at Nate's hair, what advice can you give him for his hair? Nate, let me look. I think his hair looks pretty good. I will say for the beard, just keep it moisturized. That's it. it oh, shit, sharp. Nate. Conditioner. Yeah. Yep, conditioner. Conditioner. I think it looks great. And don't wash and, it every day. And since I, I'm actually in a dry climate. Uh, I have been educating my beard a lot lately, so yeah. I appreciate the hair because that's, you know, I did watch it. must be in the South. And for skincare, <laughs> what advice can you give Mike and myself for our beautiful skin? It depends. Skin? I mean, do you have dry skin or oil? Wear more sunglasses. <laughs> yes, sunscreen, <laughs> definitely. You know, that's something that I learned. Especially this Irish skin. People think that because you're in a, in a place like, let's say, Alaska, where it snow a lot and you don't get a lot of sun, that because you don't get a lot of sun, you don't get to wear sunscreen. UV rays. And it's not true at all. That is like 150% wrong. You still have to wear sunscreen. And people, I've seen it. Like, people here, they don't really, like, a lot of people that have been here for a while, you know, and, and they're older and stuff. You can tell who takes care and who doesn't because you can see it on their skin. They don't use sunscreen. They go hike all the time. 
and you can tell and you still have to use sunscreen. You, you will still get burned even if the sun is not out like that. You know what? You know what is funny is I barely, I don't care how hot it is. I can go to Florida, you know, mm -hmm. tactical games. I see Mike over there with like two bottles of sunscreen. Nate is doing the same, like bathing on sunscreen. And I don't wear anything at all ever. Right. And you don't but, get burned. Natural, natural no, tan. I don't get burned. But when I was in Puerto Rico, it's funny because when I live in Puerto Rico and I went to the beach and I went surfing, uh, I put sunscreen all over the place. But I think it was just because if you were a surfer, you got to look cool with shiny stuff in your body. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, my God. But no, no, but really, I never I, I don't wear I don't wear sunscreen. <laughs> uh, and uh, sometimes uh, like Kristen, Kristen's like that when we're when we were over there at the uh, uh, investing doing the uh, partner force match. She had to force me to put sunscreen on. She's like, no, you will put sunscreen. on." But you don't like, even get red uh, or nothing. She's like, uh, no, I just get tan. Uh, but <laughs> tanner than I am, Whatever. but, but I never wear anything. And then, and, and then, and then, and then the Christian is like JP, even that you don't get like any source or anything like that doesn't mean that you're not hurting your skin, yeah. right? You're hurting your skin. You just can't That's see true. it. And she said, and I will not have grace kick my ass. because you know, you did not take care of yourself. What under my watch. So I'm like, okay. So I put all that shit on and I felt weird. because then I smelled like freaking I don't know, like, whatever, like whatever brand that whatever. was. <laughs> you smell good, JP. <laughs> like a mix of coconut and papaya and a little <laughs> hint of tobacco. Hey, Carmen, I know we, we had you here for uh, just a little bit over an hour. So uh, one thing that we want to ask you is this. It's like uh, everything that you've gone through so far, you know, you, you have to move. You know, you got to put your career on hold. Uh, your husband, unfortunately, your husband career comes first, right? And and by the way, Alexis, you will never get out of this relationship, uh, uh, right? It comes first, and uh, it's a sacrifice that, like some people told you, you you decided to make, right? And, and it's okay, it, it's okay to do that, but it does affect you. Yeah, I don't care what people say; it will affect you. And what even advice? If you, and even if you are, you have your career skills, it will still affect you somehow. It doesn't Correct. matter. So what what advice, if any, do you have for young spouses? Just imagine you when you were 20 years old, right? Oh, God. Just getting to Fort Bragg. <laughs> what is one advice God. that you wish that somebody else would have told you before you started that endeavor? Ooh. I will tell them what I always tell them when I meet new spouses, which I have a friend right now that just started in this army life. Um, to don't forget about themselves that they are in the in they are wives. They can be a wife. They can be a woman, but they're also um. I mean, they can be a wife or a mother, but they're also an independent human being, independent woman. You know. Um. Back then, when I when I left, I kind of don't don't regret because I don't really have that many regrets. I feel like I'm very adventurous, so I just kind of go and do things. But I wish I was more focused on myself instead of, and this is, is going to sound very selfish, but I wish I was more focused on myself as being so young and not so focused on his career, making sure that 
his career was good, that he was good, that his job was good, because I felt like all I was doing was to make sure that his stuff were okay. And I didn't care by, I didn't care about my stuff or what I wanted or what I wanted to do. Because I felt like that's what I was supposed to do, right? Nobody really told me, hey, I know you're in a marriage, but this is not the 1950s. You, you need to also do something for you. And I think I realized that later on as I kind of realized that I was always leaving something behind, that I was like, okay, I need to make sure that no matter what I, I do, no matter where I am, I'm taking care of me, taking care of myself, and doing the things I love that makes me happy and that I want to do in the future. And that's what I've been doing. I, that's why I keep doing different things. Like I model, I yeah. mentor people, I, I do loans, because it makes me happy. And that's something I can do wherever I am. Wherever I am, wherever the army wants me to put me in, I can do it. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah the, the biggest thing is, you know, I'm, I'm still at the same moment after 25 years, but it's having your own identity exactly. in all yep. this. You cannot forget about that. And that's something that I was doing. And so I wish I did it in the beginning. And, you know, Carmen, I, I knew you in the beginning when, when you were, uh, you know, here for Bragg. And I can tell that you were not what am I what I gonna talk about now, you're not one of those spouses, right? You mm-hmm. you supported your husband and yes, you focus on his career because you were actually looking out for him. Not yes. for you. You were looking out for him. Mm-hmm. Uh then you also have the spouses and I'm talking about males and females. I'm not talking just about women, right? Uh you got the spouses that they really think that my husband is an E seven. No, no, no. We are E sevens. Yeah. My husband is a colonel. No, we are colonels. <laughs> oh, I, right? I there's because... someone on, on post here that, <laughs> that, 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 that played in the car. It says E7, EA wife. Oh, wife no! of E8. Something shit like that. I don't know. I was like, so, there's no way. <laughs> <laughs> no, and the reason is there's some spouses that, that uh, their identity become their husband's career. So... Yeah. The reason they support their husbands is because they believe in their minds that their husband's rank and position is theirs as well. No. And uh, and and I, I got news for you: it is not it right. Is not. Husband or wife, it is not. Mm-hmm. Like like I cannot go around right now and going like, well, my girlfriend is a nurse. I'm technically a nurse. I can uh, administer you medication or whatever. No. I can't do that because I don't know shit. I only know a combat lightsaber, and I think I passed that shit fucking blade running. So, right? yeah, exactly. T triple C, and late, they let me pass because they felt bad for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm just th- there's spouses out there that their lives become the lives of their husbands, yeah, uh, wow. or 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 wives, whatever that might be. Because I actually know a dude that the wife is a lieutenant colonel. And if you ask him, he is a lieutenant colonel. All oh right. God. Uh, so he, oh, he yeah. wakes up in the mornings and go and do the things. Go nah, that motherfucker don't do shit. That motherfucker don't. He don't do shit. Like he don't work at all. He don't work at all. But he is the one dude that shows up to the family support group meetings and go like, "Well, uh, my wife is a lieutenant colonel, so I want to speak now." And it's you like, must it's like listen. A, I don't know if that is six still in Fort Bragg, and let's go back to Bragg. <laughs> I don't know if it's still if it's still there, but there's like a like a like a official 
an official uh, a club for only officers or something like that? No, well, all those have changed uh, now. Okay. Uh, like the NCO club went away. The U team, oh, remember the U team okay. club uh -huh. that went away? They're called all ranks club now. Oh, uh, finally. Okay, now, so now the officers club okay. is still the officers club, but okay. everybody can go there and, and, and use it. I met, I knew a lot of those spouses because I met them from, from the school to learn English. And I remember two of them, like, you can come here because you, you are private, you're spouse of a private. <laughs> and I was like, are you the soldier or your husband is a soldier? Who said that I cannot come here? Like, I don't understand this. And I had another friend that was there and her husband was also an officer. And she's like, she can come, she's with me. And I was able to go in. But like, they wouldn't even speak to me or talk to me or, and I know in the army, there's some rules about hanging out, whatever. I just found that like very like bullshit. Listen, the rules are not, not for the, the spouses. There's rules are not for the spouses. The rules are for the soldiers. Okay, so, they, right, were, so, so, so they were acting like, because oh, the army cannot put rules on the spouses exactly <laughs> so, <There you> go. <laughs> but but yeah I, i'm glad you were not one of those uh right but but i know what you did for your husband right and all that stuff and i'm glad you found yourself and you decided to do something for yourself even though that he has no escape from this marriage there's nothing he can do or anywhere he can run to while he's alive And hopefully the go ahead, go ahead, alive. Mike. <laughs> because JP said so. No, because she said so. Did you notice when she said? No, because JP no, said. No, did so. you notice when she said what she was saying about him not leaving her? That did you see her eyes? That was scary. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I have to a lot. There's no way someone's taking that away from me. Nobody's taking that away from me. Ever. <laughs> I will take them a lot to do that. <laughs> So, Carmen, right now, when you guys leave there, Alaska, uh, do you know where you're going next? No, not yet. We're supposed to find out in the next few months, but no, nothing yet. And then is your husband planning on retiring uh, after that next move? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he knows he has to. Yeah. <laughs> And he it's not, and it's not the army. It's not the army that told him he has to. No, it's, he yeah, has to. Know. Yeah, it's twenty or no wife. So, <laughs> so, so no, no. Now he's gonna go. My, my wife's a loan officer, loan officer manager. Therefore, I'm the manager. Yeah, I'm the manager. You want a loan? I'll give you a loan, 20, bro. Twenty <laughs> or less or no wife. <laughs> he knows that already. <laughs> Well, Alexis, if you're if you're listening to this podcast, Alexis, I can tell you this: once you retire, right after He's that, go the best I, whatever I say, I want to go to. Yes, the best advice I can give you is go with the flow, bro. Go with the flow. <laughs> Whatever Carmen wants to go, you go like, yes, ma'am, that's where we're going. And if she wants to work in Walmart, that's, guess what? She's going to work in Walmart. And if she wants to work in a bank, she was going to work in a bank. At that point. You did your career. She supported you throughout your career. Oh, yeah. Now it's your already. time to support Now her. Now it's your time to support me. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, and guess what? And, and guess what, Alexis? Can't complain. Stay <laughs> home. Drink. Look, look, like me, Mike, and Nate, we're just retired, <laughs> drinking our whiskey at home. You can do the same, bro. Ain't no shame of that. Let her bring in the money. Do you guys miss the life? <laughs> you guys don't miss working like whatever you guys did? 
No. Uh, well, I think I think I think we can. I can say for everybody, we we miss the camaraderie, we miss the family, we miss the people, but we don't miss the BS. Yeah. Yeah. Let me let me tell you, so, if, like, if you, I'm happy to be retired. Yeah. Like, if you ask me, would you do it again? Definitely, I will do it all over again. But mm-hmm. uh, if you ask me now, right after being retired, hey, would you right now? Would you go back in the army and do it and and continue doing what you were doing? No, nah, I'm good. I'm enjoying retirement now. I already did that shit, right? I'm enjoying retirement. I'm having a good time drinking whiskey. Uh, your husband will be uh, in a podcast with us in the future drinking whiskey too. No, I think I think And, uh... he's ready. I think he's <laughs> definitely ready to retire. He's he's in a. I think he's in a position where he feels like he has done a lot, you know. And I and like, you know, he keeps saying, "You have done a lot for me. It's time for me to, you know. I think it's getting my time to." close this chapter so that you can do whatever it is that you want to do. Uh, so that that's that's nice of him, you know. But at the same time, you know, I've been supporting him doing this for so many years. I still think about, man, is that going to make him feel depressed? Is this is, is it the transition for him is going to be hard? You know what I'm saying? Because I've seen how much he loved being in the service. And I've seen how much he have put in to be a good soldier. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, Carmen, the decision to retire and leave it is a difficult one. I'm sure Nate and JP can vouch for that, but man, the stress is gone. I know. I cannot wait. And it's well worth it. So, so going leading up to it, it's going to be a, you're going to see him go through ups and downs, but once he's retired, I'm telling you, he's going to That's what I, That's it. what I keep telling him. Like, I'm already in my mind, like, I already know how we're going to be when he retires. It's going to be so much better, so much better, because we don't going to have to deal with any of the craziness of the Army life or whatever service that you're in. Oh, my God. Like, I, I'm, I'm so ready. Like, I'm ready now, but he can't retire yet. But I am, like, ready. <laughs> no, Carmen, all I, what I can tell you is this. When he retires, giving a little time, because in the beginning yeah. – You know, even though that you want to be retired, because it's not like you don't want to. You want to be retired. But at the same time, you're you're thinking about, man, should I stay two more years? I'm missing the boys. And a lot of times we think that the Army can continue without us, and we are completely wrong. The Army is going to continue to go along, and 10 years from now, nobody will remember your name, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, I, I, and it is okay. It happens all the time. Unless you got a Medal of Honor that, that you're somebody's wall, nobody's going to remember your name. <laughs> Right. So just, just 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 tell me, just tell keep reminding me that he's going to get a pension after 20 years as a job. There's no other job that you'll get a pension after 20 years. Bring in the money and enjoy life. Exactly. You made it that far. It's time to enjoy. You it. know what I tell people all the time, exactly. Carmen, is this. How many people, you know, from Puerto Rico mm-hmm. or here in the States that are 70 years old and still working and they cannot even afford forward to stop working for one week exactly. and you're in the military you do 20 years you get a retirement you get your va benefits and you can afford mm-hmm. not to work for the rest of your life so i told him i said if you don't want to work for a year or whatever go for it you deserve yeah. it you did 20 right so yeah it's the so it, like i said in the beginning it's going to be hard but after he gets he realized i'm retired i don't have to show up to formation I don't have to ask permission to go on vacation. No deployments, uh, not training. No deployments. He'll be all right. Trust me, he'll, he'll, <laughs> he'll do- be all right. 
The hardest decision he'll have is what he's going to wear that day. <laughs> yes. What am I going to do? <laughs> I got to look at the closet and go, what am I wearing today? I'm used to wearing a uniform. Yeah, exactly. yep, that is true. That is true, Mike. Yep. Uh, but <laughs> Hey, Carmen, a anything else you want to share with our listeners? Anything that, that, that you learn or anything that you want to share? Any advice for no, spouses, mean, whether they're males or females? I think Mike matter. found the, the word that I wanted to say earlier, which is find your identity. Um, like, After this podcast, Crack. I'm going to change and I'm going I'm to go to the gym. This was my protein shake because um, I seen, I, I saw a lot of, a lot of spouses when they're in the service, they depend so much on their husband. Like they just forget about themselves. They stop taking care of them. They stop doing stuff for them. Um, and it makes me sad seeing that because that's when marriages start falling apart. Um, you start kind of things and you know you you have to love yourself first take care of yourself first and then take care of your husband I, I i didn't do it that way before and but i i i take care of him but i also cannot forget about me so you know i don't know do something that you like something that makes you happy something that makes you want to wake up every day something that want to make makes you want to look forward the next day take care of your body you know go to a class that you like i don't know dancing yep. whatever it is You have to have your self-care is you. a priority. Yeah. It's like I, I'm married and I have my husband, but I make sure that I also have like, I go to eat with my friends, my girlfriends, we go eat, I have a drink or, I mean, we don't go to the clubs or anything, but like we go to eat and have a drink uh, with no kids, with nothing. because you need that. And he does it sometimes as well. Like we are married, but we are also two different human beings with different needs. And you cannot just put that aside just because you got married and had kids and you're an army wife. You cannot do it. Thank you, Carmen, for sharing that mm -hmm. with all the listeners out there. I know we we've been we've been waiting for this podcast for a while. We, we yeah. I, I remember when you canceled us zone. one time. It's a time zone. It's, just it, in the it's all right. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. But uh, any anyways, we really appreciate you taking the time to be in the podcast. I know you you got your business, you got your husband, you got your kid, and we saw your your uh, uh, Adrian running in the background over there earlier. Yeah. Um, he, 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 he was so fast. He was like a ghost. Yeah. He's But, uh, waiting for me to go to, to the gym. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, we really appreciate, uh, you being in the podcast, taking the time and, um, uh, and giving some advice to a lot of spouses out there. Because let me tell you, there's a lot of you right now that are 20 years old and just I joined know, the army movement. So thank you. Thank you for sharing your experience with them. Uh, Mike, you got anything else you want to, uh, uh, share with our listeners? No, no, I think it was a good, great podcast. I, it's definitely great to highlight the other side of the soldier, the support side, the most important side, because they serve just as much as we do supporting and trying to create their own identity without going crazy and mm -hmm. drinking, drinking it away. Really. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Carmen, thank you so much once again. Oh, thank and, you for uh, having me. Good luck with everything that is going on. I hope that somebody contacts you contacts you from the uh, hospital. Oh, my <laughs> if, God. I if don't not, need it anymore. I don't need it Hey, anymore. Carmen, if I not, we got myself. you. We was going to start a Mike, Nate, you guys got a task. We're going to start sending Carmen uh, pictures of the beach, people surfing, <laughs> uh, seagulls, whatever it is. We're going to start sending it to Carmen and keep her happy. All right. Uh, and Nate, you got anything else? Palm trees. <laughs> 
No, I just want to remind everybody to go follow uh, Let's Walk It Out there because that's coming up in about a month, right? Your big mission there, JP. Yep. That's fantastic. Kerman stuff, you definitely have to follow. Um, my transition, yeah, I'm going to use that word lightly, of beauty, okay, over the episodes of uh, VTSR, if you go back many, many episodes. This is our 25th one. I started watching Carmen's stuff, and as you can see, I just want to point out, Mike and JP and I, we're all 55, but I'm the only good-looking one because I follow Carmen's advice. But on that note, JP, everybody needs to go follow you and Carmen, and uh, let's walk it out. Walk it out. All right. Hey, everybody, thank you for listening to VTSR, Veterans Transition Support Recon Show. This was Nate, Mike, and our guest, Carmen. And, of course, right here, the guy that you cannot understand, JP. But maybe in the future, we're going to start putting subtitles and captions on the podcast, and you're going to be able to know what I'm saying. So remember, whatever you not, do not cash out.